to the Disky Chicks podcast for business leaders and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Thanks, Roger, and hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 5 of the Disky Chicks podcast. This season, we're focusing on the organization as a whole and how the strategic use of assessments can be transforming to your business. Let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 6 of the Disky Chicks Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Jacoby, and I'm here with my co-host, Martha Fourlines. And we are continuing our season talking about the big picture. Um, Why are we talking about DISC and driving forces and emotional intelligence? And we're going to try to answer that question for you. And and actually, Martha, you know, we talked about this last week. I had a client who sent me a note that said, Cindy, what do you do if people don't value this information, value these assessments and the workshops and the things that we're doing? And, you know, I furiously wrote back, you know, why it was important. But when we started to talk about it, we thought this would be a really good topic for Mm -hmm. For one of our podcasts and so yeah. so yeah. martha and i uh we went to the experts yeah. we we did some research we're going to bring you some you know opinions and some results that were uh found by some of the the great thinkers of our times when it comes to productivity when it comes to business when it comes to self-awareness and leadership yes and so really we're going to talk about you know the value to a leader when it comes to self-awareness. And we've got four heavy hitters. And I yep. think I'm, I'm starting us off, right, Martha? With You are. With one of our favorites, which is John Maxwell. So we know John Maxwell, you know, is a prolific author. And he wrote an entire book about self-awareness called The Self-Aware Leader. Sometimes when you get into a leadership position, you tend to cocoon yourself and maybe feel like you are the arbitrator of truth and what you say goes and you and you stop learning, um, which makes you very uh, not, not good at being self-aware. And he writes that the lack of self-awareness is the single greatest obstacle that leaders face in their development and their effectiveness and their advancement. So even leaders who are moving up the chain, that lack of self-awareness is killer. It is. He says, yeah, he goes on to say, you know, when leaders don't see themselves clearly, they don't understand their strengths, but they also don't understand their weaknesses as well, or even recognize negative interactions they have with their team. And we know what happens when your employees don't feel heard or when they dislike their manager, that that's what leads to, you know, self self self-termination or fleeing. Um, but I think the other thing that Maxwell points out is that it limits their ability to influence others. Mm-hmm. And so it mm-hmm. undermines their own effectiveness as a leader if they can't work well with their team. And so mm-hmm. his solution to all this is, is to become more self-aware. Right. And, you know, I, I think that's really good advice. And we're going to go into what it, you know, what it means to be self-aware and what other authors have to say about this. But to continue with John Maxwell, you know, he feels, you know, 
anybody that is self-aware can gauge their effectiveness as a leader. You know, how well am I doing? If you don't reflect on that, you're not going to know how you're doing with your team. Um, a self-aware leader can make better choices because mm -hmm. they see the good and the bad. You know, we, we've heard of the emperor has no clothes when people are afraid to tell the leader the truth. Um, right. If you seek that truth, you'll be able to make better decisions. And then just a couple more. Um, you can discover and correct your own mistakes before mm -hmm. they happen if you're looking for them. Um, improve your leadership with the team. And, and your influence with them. And then uh, the last one, make the right trades in your career. Really interesting. Like when, if you are self-aware, you're going to know if you're in the right spot or not mm -hmm. within your company. You're going to know if you're on the path to growth, if you're on the path to promotion, or if you're in a dead end area, or you're just not satisfied. People sometimes think work is supposed to be bad, terrible. And I strongly disagree with that. Right. If you're not self-aware, I think, you know, I, I'm not using my strengths. Mm -hmm. um, how can I change careers, change my position to where I get put into a place where I can, you know, where I can advance. So, you know, a self-awareness leader, according to Maxwell, is somebody who can avoid micromanaging because they can, they can trust their employees. They handle criticism with grace they give others credit. They don't feel like because they're the leader, they have to take all mm -hmm. that credit. Um, and they help other managers identify their strengths so they right. can become better leaders. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this also comes with listening. And there'll be more on listening um, in a little bit. But so, you know, I know John Maxwell, you're a, you're a big fan of his, correct? I am. Yeah, I'm crazy about him. And Cindy, this brings up for me what we talked about in our last podcast slash video, which was the quiet quitters. So I would dare say that if you are lacking self-awareness as a leader, then you're missing your cues around those quiet quitters and possibly even those active quitters that are so loud and obnoxious about being miserable. <laughs> so self-awareness is very important in reading your people and paying attention to kind of the climate of your group and what, how productive they're being. And I, I think one of the things that stands out to me is that understanding your strengths and weaknesses, it's hard for a leader to admit that they have weaknesses, but when you do, that's when you can delegate to people who have your weakness as their strength. Yes. Uh, if you can admit that you're not great at everything, um, that's what makes a great leader. And then also a, you know, a productive company. Yeah. The leadership. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you chose Daniel Goldman. I did. Yeah. I'm a big, a big fan of Daniel Goldman. Now, while he is not the father of emotional intelligence, that credit is given to John Mayer and Peter Salovey. Um, Daniel Goldman did the most research on the whole theory of IQ versus EQ and what he found and discovered is that those leaders that have that high emotional intelligence, they're in touch with their emotions and know how to regulate those emotions, that they can really reach their fullest potential compared to looking at only IQ. I, I guess someone told me a long time ago, Cindy, is IQ kind of gets you to the party. It gets you the job. 
But EQ is how you can elevate yourself in your career path because of that self-awareness. And according to what Goldman says, that people really can be shaped by their childhood experiences. I mean, if you took Psych 101, you know that. Um, so it's not necessarily looked at as a genetic thing. It's more of a learned behavior and you can be nurtured and strengthened through your childhood. Then, you know, that has immediate benefits on your health, your relationships and your work. But all of that just reeks of self-awareness is that it you were in a safe environment to be able to own mistakes as a kid and then transfer that into when you go off to college and get your first job. And you're able to really be humble about the fact that you have some very wonderful strengths, but you know what? I am really not good with detail or I'm not analytical. And just own that about yourself. And another thing that Daniel Goleman contributed with his recent research was really in the psychology and neuroscience field where he determined we have two minds. We have the rational and the emotional. And then how they actually work together shapes our destiny. So being keenly aware of when we're in that rational mindset and that emotional mindset is very important as to how we show up as a leader and how we are able to really recognize our people and help them to grow. Because uh, to me, the true definition of a leader is they develop other leaders. And it's real easy to say being self-aware is knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, but it is so much more than that. Yeah. It's really being able to have that um, mental clarity all day long and where you're seeing things without your blinders on. I, I think some uh, different behavior styles, for example, can easily open up to that, but then there are others that maybe won't. Um, so you just, if you have that self-awareness that you may tend to not open those blinders to see the truth about what's going on within yourself and with your team, then you're going to be way, way more effective with those open blinders. And I feel like what's great about emotional intelligence is no matter what you developed as a child, you can control that and you can grow it. You know, Martha and I talk a lot about disc and we talk about driving forces that's kind of innate that's that's just how you are but emotional intelligence is something that you can grow and right. those emotions affect your behavior so right. all the skill in the world is not going to help you if you're a hothead and you can't control outbursts um talk about driving your team away so yeah. self-awareness and being able to grow that I mean self-awareness is one of the components of emotional intelligence so it fits right in there wonderfully but that right. other part you know the emotions with others that's that's also very important that's that we study under emotional intelligence as well right right and daniel goldman's book just so you know i mean surprisingly the name of it is emotional intelligence and he does have a 20 
fifth anniversary edition of the book. So it's a good one. If you want to learn more about EQ, then I would highly recommend that. His research is groundbreaking. It is. Again, it, it, he was looking at which leaders were effective and which were not. And the biggest difference was that emotional part of that, the, the EQ and how much, how much better they do even with a moderate IQ than the people with a high IQ, but low right. emotional intelligence. Very interesting. Right. All right. All right. So, and you want to talk to us about Stephen Covey. Yes. Another fan favorite, another, uh, you know, any, any business leader has probably read the seven habits of highly effective people. And we're not going to go through all seven, but cause we're really looking about self-awareness and self-development. Um, and so the one that I chose for Covey was the habit of seek first to understand and then be understood because mm -hmm. the subtitle of that is the habit of empathetic communication. And mm -hmm. as we know, empathy falls under that emotional intelligence. And so no matter how competent a person is, um, they're not going to have sustained success unless they can effectively lead themselves which also means they'll be able to influence, engage, and collaborate with others. Right. Um, and so that takes some work. And you know, we talked a lot about ourselves, but I wanted to talk a little bit about how you communicate with other people. Um, most people, when they're in, or in an interaction, they first, you know, they're listening in order to react. You know, they mm -hmm. have that intent to reply. Okay, I want to say this. I want to say this. And they're not listening to understand that other person. You want to get your point across. Um, and so you may even unknowingly ignore that other person completely, kind of smile and nod, but your your mind's going to, okay, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, you filter everything that you're hearing on how it relates to your life and why that person is probably wrong and you've got a different frame of reference that you can't wait to share with them. Um, mm -hmm. But you're not showing your empathy and you're not understanding that other person when you do that. Um, so Covey has the idea of listening to understand and you do that by reflecting back what you heard. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is you feel this because of this. And if you don't have that as your first sentence, that means that you're going straight to how you feel. Um, I was part of a of an audience of a great speaker, Michael, I'm gonna have to think of his name and, and put it in the show notes, but um, we did an exercise on this and he had a list. You're supposed to get a partner, a person next to you, a stranger. We had uh, a list of 10 kind of controversial statements. And you're supposed to label that, you know, like one to 10, how much you agree with that. And once you do that, look at your partners and find the one that you differ on the most. And I remember mine was, I believe that aliens exist or come to earth or something. I was like, there's no way. And the woman next to me said, yes. And I was thinking, I'm already thinking what, you know, what an idiot this person is and you know, going through that. <laughs> So here was the here was the exercise, and I've used this in conflict resolution. Um, you were supposed to state a reason why you thought that you were right, and that person had to repeat exactly what you said, not word for word, but the sentiment of what you said, 
exactly mm-hmm. what you said. And if they didn't get it all, they had to do it again. And once they got exactly what you said, then you were to yell perfect. And you were supposed to yell it really loud. It's really funny throughout the room to hear this. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so once they say it perfectly, then it's their turn. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do the same thing. And so your goal is to understand what they're saying and say things from their point of view. And within like three exchanges, we were in total agreement. <laughs> she was talking about, she, you know, she doesn't really believe in like green Martians, but she believes in like angels and there's a presence. And I'm like, okay. You know, so it, it literally three exchanges, we were on the same page exactly. And I think everyone else in the room had a, almost the exact same experience mm-hmm. because instead of immediately saying they're an idiot and dismissing what they have to say, hear them out and hear it from their point of view. Mm-hmm. And then you say yours and let them talk. And it, it just, it was, a, it was amazing life-changing. This probably was 25 years ago. And I still mm-hmm. remember exactly, you know, how this came about. And we chose the most opposite things on our list. It's amazing. So I love that. That's a great example. Yeah. Ask questions, you know, get get it from their point of view. Yeah. I yield the floor unless you have a comment about that. Well, well, one other thing that I I didn't add when I was talking about Daniel Goleman is in his model of emotional intelligence, the very first one is self-awareness. Yeah. And the second one is self-regulation because they're really you know, join together in terms of understanding first how you're feeling. And then if in that moment, it's not appropriate to yell at somebody, (laughs) then how am I going to regulate my emotions? So those are the top two. And the only other one that is more intrapersonal has to do with motivation. But what I teach when I am Um, doing a training on emotional intelligence is if you have other dimensions of emotional intelligence that are low, if you focus on self-awareness, then guess what? It brings everything up. It's kind of like, you know, the high tide lifts all boats. Yeah. So always start with developing your self-awareness in order to help you with that self-regulation, just as an example. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a yeah. it's a natural progression there. Right, right. So I'm going to talk to you about Tony Robbins. I love and Tony I, Robbins. I told, <laughs> and I told Cindy, Tony's not one of my favorite guys. However, he really is profound. He has some wonderful thoughts. And I guess it's more a visual thing for me than anything. So and why you don't like Tony Robbins? Yeah, it just it, it's just it's, listen to him. It's a personal bias. I know. Do the audio. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. However, I, I want to share some of his writings about self-awareness so that you can understand it, in my opinion, really clearly. He said, most of us go through life on autopilot. We make it through the day and we don't wonder why our day was so successful. We don't examine why we felt the way that we felt and the actions that we took, which means if you're on autopilot, you're not practicing self-awareness. And I've really never thought about it like that, but that's a great way of thinking about it. And um, and I do have a story that I'll share in a moment um, around a blind spot 
um, somewhere. One of my clients was totally not self-aware and the implications of that and, and, you know, what she did to compensate for it. So you want to wake up alive and you want to wake up aware every day. And this has to do, I, I believe, with some of Tony Robbins' belief in mindfulness practices. Um, and Cindy and I both heard that most great leaders will tell you they have a morning regimen. Yeah. And, you know, some of them do meditation, some of them do yoga, some of them pray. Journal. And, and that is to get themselves centered and grounded for the day. And then that lends itself to higher levels of self-awareness. And self-awareness gives you so many advantages from my perspective. And Tony has quite a list of them. I don't know that I'll get to all of them with, with you today. But one of them is it enables humility. And being able to laugh at yourself when you make a mistake or being able to own that you did something wrong and this is what you're going to do to correct it. And remember, your people are watching everything you do every day. And if they see you being humble, then they're more likely to practice humility as well. Um, I, I have a client that just will not own his vulnerabilities and his mistakes. And we just got some work to do there. <laughs> um, but self-awareness is, is a big part of it. The other one is, is a part of humility to me, and that is forgiveness. Whoops, sorry, my microphone just fell. And that is forgiveness. And forgiveness really is a form of humility and that self-forgiveness when you've made your own mistakes, but also forgiveness that you're giving to others that make mistakes and tell you they're sorry. And this is what they're going to do about it. So being self-aware enables those top two um, manners of humility. And another one is one of my favorites. And many of you may have read Carol Dweck's work on the growth mindset, but self-aware people really want to be very aware of their weaknesses and be able to strengthen them if they can, or just accept them and know how to manage them on the job. I will tell you the truth. I will never fix the fact that I am not detail-oriented. So I surround myself with detail-oriented people, just like Cindy gave an example of. But then when I do have to button down and do it, I can do it for 30 minutes at a time, but I have to take a break. So I I know how to manage it. So the growth mindset and being open-minded to people that are different than you and leveraging their strengths is a hallmark of great leadership. And then a couple more, and I won't spend way too much time on this. One is emotional mastery. And that is knowing when you're hot and knowing if you've had a bad night, you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that HALT acronym, don't be making huge decisions that day because you don't have that mental clarity to do a good job of that yeah. from my perspective. Indeed. And people that are keenly self-aware 
show up very confidently. And I do work with many of my coaching clients around confidence. And this is one stepping stone to help them show up with a greater deal of confidence um, and other being practicing things before you do them so that you show up more self-confident. And then the last one that Tony shares is clarity, having that mental clarity so that you are a great decision maker or you know when to not make those big decisions because you're really not quite there emotionally to do that. So look at the enablers that self-awareness can give to you. It's truly a gift for yourself when you can um, be more self-aware. And then of course he recommends taking assessments. If you want to know how self-aware or not self-aware you hey. are, and of course, Cindy and I have an emotional intelligence assessment that we love. And then the other thing to do is to reflect on how your emotions at the end of each day, yeah. especially if you have that tendency to go hot and just note what triggered it. And all of us have just a handful of triggers around getting jack hijacked. Um, with our by our emotions, so then figure out what's my my default plan, right? With when I get hot and get triggered like that. All right, I want to hear your story about blind spots. Oh gosh, so I I had a client that hired me to come in and work with one of their leaders, and it was a female who ran very very hot. <laughs> so. One of the things I do is, you know, we do, I did the trimetrics EQ assessment, which is behaviors, driving forces or motivators and EQ. And we teased out some areas for development from that. But then I did a 360 on her where I talked to her boss and I talked to her peers and I talked to her subordinates and they spoke their truth to me because they were really tired of being treated the way she was treating them. And that indicated a real lack of self-awareness of when she was hot, when she was yelling at people, when she was condescending, and it was all perceived as disrespectful. So I create a, a report of the trended data in a 360 report and deliver it to my client. And Did you wear a helmet? No, 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 no. I was braced. I was braced. And honestly, she was very quiet and very pensive through the whole thing. Um, but what really resonated with her was that these yelling, condescension, all kind of equaled disrespect to by these people. And she had tears in her eyes and said, I disrespect is one of, well, being respectful is one of my core values. And if the, if I am be, being perceived as being disrespectful, I am, I am motivated to change that. I want that yeah. on my develop, leadership development plan. And then we also added to her uh, leadership development, improving her self-awareness because yeah. those will go hand in glove. So we did that. She started working her plan. And then I went in the office one day and somebody stopped me in the lobby. What have you done with Alice? And I said, 
well, what are you talking about? And they <laughs> said, she's a, she's a changed person. Wow. And I said, wow. So then I go back to Alice's office and I walk in and close the door and say, well, how are you doing? She said, look at my whiteboard. So I look over at the whiteboard and you know how humongous those things are. There was a little, not high tech. She was a software engineer, managing software engineers, a real low tech post-it note at the corner. And I had to go up and get close to it. And I look and it said 26 days without any incidences. Wow. And I was just bravo, (laughs) bravo. So she was doing a journal every day at the end of each day and really checking in with herself about how she was regulating her emotions. And it works, folks. It really does work. I think the term blind spot is perfect in this instance, right? Yeah. I mean, she had was appalled at her own behavior if right. that's how it was being perceived. Right. You know, she probably right. figured she was just managing and telling people what to do. And that's right a right she has as being a manager, but uh, did not see that as a disrespectful way. Well, of and, and the irony of it, and she brought this up. I did not. She had told me this story is she immigrated from India as a teenager and, you know, got in, you know, set up to go to public school in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And people were really brutal to her in terms of her broken English and how she dressed. And it really was very disrespectful toward her. And she said, the other thing that hurts me about how I've been perceived is I'm doing the same thing to them that was done to me. And that's a huge breakthrough too, because then that really means that seed of change goes deeper than you would expect. Yeah. It clearly hit home. Right. Right. So to answer my original question, yes. How does all this work in a, in a employment situation? Like why is all this self-awareness helpful? Right. Right. And the answer is look at what we just shared. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you see these changes in leaders and the growth in leaders and their own you know, growth at the ladder for those who have uh, the best self-awareness. Right. Um, it's, it's, um, gosh, we should have used the book. What got you here won't get you there. Another great oh, yeah, book. That is a great book about your skills only get you so far, but once you've reached a certain level, you're no longer the person programming the software or uh, assembling the, the Tesla you're, you know, you're higher up. And so you need different skills. And that's another self-awareness thing of how do you develop those skills versus your technical skills. So, yeah, I think uh, this is a great episode to to help build your case of why this is important to bring to your company. Right. Um, if you want more information, you can contact us at diskychicks.com. Um, this will also be an audio. I think we forgot to say this last time. This will be an audio podcast um, on where all the places that you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and then a video podcast here on not only Facebook, but also on our YouTube channel as well. So just right. look for Disky Chicks on YouTube, but there's lots of ways to, to, to find us. We love your questions and we'll love to answer them on the air. Um, Cause if you have the question, somebody else probably has that as well. Right. Excellent. Well, thanks Cindy. 
All right. Go go be self-aware, everyone. Yes. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks podcast Facebook page.